0: Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And my name's Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, being great fans of human beings that you and I are, back for week three of employees. What are they good for? That's right. We've been discussing changing our lens and how we view those that work for us, those that we work with, those who we'd like to work for, and ourselves. Yeah, and if you
1: view employees as an asset full of potential and opportunity creators, you'll approach a lot of the problems of working with people differently than if you view them as uh, an expense or an unfortunate necessity, something that makes life at work hard for you. Then you'll approach the same problems completely differently. So last week, we looked at the problem of not finding good employees, and
0: this week we're going to look at the problem of not retaining Why do the good ones always leave, Carl?
1: I don't know. Well, we do know, don't we?
0: We do know. (laughs) We do know
1: because uh, when somebody knows they're an asset, when somebody's just busting with ideas and and energy, or even a kind of a negative form of energy, sees what's not working, and and then is treated like a problem, that gets old after a while. And we no longer live in the days of the um, lifelong employment contracts. So though the economy's tough and employees are not as in it, as strong a position to cut and run, you know, another opportunity comes along and of course they cut and run. Who wouldn't cut and run? Um, I, I want any listener who thinks that an employee should stay and, and put up with being treated like an expense, give a rationale for why they should stay. Well, there, there aren't any.
0: Well, and again, I think the fundamental problem or the fundamental issue, I should say, with why we don't retain people is that we are not looking at the person. So we are not looking at who works for us, what they need, how are they valuable to you, what do they bring to the table. All those things are being overlooked in so, some way or another. Exactly. So, And and key to that point
1: is when you don't see the person, we're pointing out that what you are pretending mm-hmm. they are is a machine. They're, they're just a job description accomplisher. So when all these human issues come in, like motivation and um, feeling appreciated and learning something new and being challenged and and being part of making a contribution, we get all, I don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. That's the soft
0: side. You know, we put it, we'd find ways to put it down, but it's all counterproductive. How are we going to be the kind of people that retains good employees?
1: And we're going to start with our big thing is we're going to change our lens. First is just changing the big picture lens from expense to asset, from complication to, you know, busting with potential, from problem to opportunity. Now we're thinking about these great assets we have. Well, the question is, you know, how do you build into them? How do you make them come alive at work so that they work hard, so that you get a lot out of them, so that you, you know, you want everybody to work 110% and some think that cracking the whip and, and walking around looking over their shoulders and, and uh, making sure there's no magazines on their desks is the way to do that. And what that fails to realize, is your point exactly, is that those are human beings. So what do you do with assets? You invest in them. Now, people, humans, humans, interestingly enough, are changing, developing creatures, so we give, the, we help them grow. We help them learn new things. We keep training them. We give them opportunities to get more responsibilities. We get them. We appreciate when they work hard or they go the extra mile for us. We make a big deal of it, and this keeps a human being engaged. It taps into why they're there. Whereas just to say, why doesn't, why isn't this machine that I'm giving x number of dollars an hour to? Uh, putting out for me i don't understand you know and then they blame me for making this a bad place to work and they go work somewhere else um i don't know maybe we're we're seeing things so clearly through our eyes that it, that doesn't make sense but makes sense to to a lot of
0: people and so a lot of people hate their jobs and their bosses well again i think this is a This is a question of showing up, of being there, of being present. If you're just leaving this up to a job description, of they're getting their job done, if the product is getting out, if the client is happy, then that's, as you said, just a machine. But you have to be involved as a person who leads. So you will have to ask yourself, you know, who is working for me? What do they need? Are they outgrowing the job? Are they bored? Are they stuck? Do they need more responsibility, and th- that means that you have to be open to advice and contribution and things being, you know, a team, team effort, not just, you know, right. y- you make the rules and that's how it goes. I mean, there are ways to do that, in which case you're still the person in charge. And Well, what you're saying nicely
1: is that the pro- why p- good employees don't stay is because of you, the supervisor, and it, when, when you're ready to change, they'll be ready to stay and be a part of what you're building. Now, here's what these supervisors are doing that you're pointing to is they don't really want to work with people. They don't really believe they're a good thing. So everything that um, these wonderful, and I'm going to you know, praise HR departments for a moment here, which I usually don't do, these are human resources department give us great tools, like the annual performance evaluation, great tool for two human beings to sit down And look through a series of reasonably objective, agreed-upon outcomes for a job and talk about it. Well, how many? You tell me. How many supervisors look forward to doing performance evaluation? Almost none. Almost all of them feel it's this horrible burden, this horrible day of judgment. And employees feel the same. So what we need to do... How we can be different is instead of viewing an opportunity like that, and let's stick with this one for a second, the annual performance evaluation, as, an, as a horrible administrative obligation that we have to fulfill is turn it into a regular opportunity to collaborate with everybody on your team. You are the manager and they are the employee, and so you're using it as a tool. How are you, going to, as the leader, going to use that tool help you get the kind of work production that you want. And that's what we've stopped doing. We've stopped viewing it as a tool, and we've instead said it's just a routine that we need to fulfill for administrative and mostly legal um, reasons so that we can protect ourselves against these you know, horrible expenses employees in case they turn on us one day and want to sue us for something. We've got it written down that we told them all along that they were no good. That kind of misses the point.
0: It strikes me also that Sometimes when we don't look at the person or the bigger picture that we miss out entirely. Because I've been at places where you had excellent people who just had outgrown where they were. Mm-hmm. And instead of a mm-hmm. boss, you know, mm-hmm. saying, Oh, there's so and so, you know, that would be perfect for this promotion, they just sort of let them stay until that person just left. Oh.
1: That is such a good point, Claudia. And again, you've created a situation that's just untenable for a quick learner, so yeah, yeah, we have our uh, organizational charts, and we have our promotion policies. yes, if you are not paying attention and you've got a quick learner and an aggressive, um, ambitious person that 's a good problem to have. We do not need to hold them back if they want if they 're going to promote out of your section, yes, it will be a loss of sorts, but it 's either promote them out of your section or lose them altogether, so you want to keep them in in the firm. It's the same on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, you could have a, um, a person who's not ambitious, who's uh, just a steady-eddy, faithful, um, regular, um, not trying to get ahead, maybe not even learning that fast. You know, why don't they learn? You know, I can't use them. They're not progressing to the next level. Well, why do they need to progress to the next level? Why, why, why are we forcing that? on a person whose style and, you know, career orientation is much more settled and stable and and likes the um, regularity and routine of a skill and a role and a procedure that they've mastered.
0: I'm sure there's someone listening who's saying, well, money, you know, people leave because I can't pay them a lot more and they're going and to, you know, they're we're losing out to our competitors And I think that is a valid point, that that does happen. Sometimes, you know, we do have limited resources and they, for whatever uh, needs and necessities they have monetarily that people do leave, but I cannot tell you the number of people that I have talked to who have told me, well, they're very flexible where I work, so I could make money somewhere else, but they're really flexible with me, you know, going to pick up my son after school or they're very flexible with family time or vacation time, or I really like my boss, I love the people I work with, so I could make somewhere else, but I would lose all of this.
1: Right. Even if it's something simple, like I have a supervisor who says thank you, or I have a a boss who thinks I'm the greatest thing ever. Um, I know nobody's got that boss. I know everybody hates their boss, so yes, I'm not going to just walk away from that for a couple dollars. So yeah, you got it.
0: So I think there's ways to really think outside the box in this area of retaining people than just like promoting and money and, you know, benefits and, you know, things that at this point were strapped. Well,
1: it's true. And it goes back to the lens.
0: So you, you, you put on the
1: employees are a um, expense to be minimized lens and all the arguments that we just made don't work. You put on the employees are an asset to worth investing in. And all of a sudden the same issues, um, have completely different conclusions we're drawing. And so that's where we want to learn to catch ourselves as as leaders, is what's our starting assumption so that we can start building something in our teams rather than saying, oh, which philosophy am I going to go with here?
0: Well, next week we'll be continuing our quest to change our lens. And this isn't always easy, particularly when our culture is kind of based on this adversarial relationship with the employee. But next week, we'll be talking about performance. Why can't our employees just do their job? What are they good for? We're on the web at boldenterprises.com. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.